Curating Boise is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208-467-7468. Welcome to Curating Boise, the podcast that celebrates the hustlers and the shakers, the ones that took the short route of being their own creative boss right away, or the ones that left their corporate jobs like me, your host, Katherine Wojcik. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Curating Boise. I've been gone for a while. I felt like I got 11 good podcasts under my belt. I felt almost like a veteran at that point, but I know I'm totally not. There are people that have hundreds of podcast episodes, but I kind of needed to take a little mental break, kind of regroup and kind of like, where do I want to focus now with Curating Boise podcast? And I think over my next four or five episodes, they're going to be focused on extraordinary individuals that I've come across um, my time here in Boise that I feel contribute and curate Boise in positive ways. You know, sometimes negative impactment is good too, because something positive can always come out of that. But today, I feel that this gal um, is amazing. I have recently just been able to speak to her a little bit more. Um, I've I've met her several different occasions, and through my time knowing her, I've looked at her name, I've looked at her Instagram, and I'm a huge fan. And I'm sure a lot of you here in Boise are a fan of Amy Pence Brown. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, um, I I know the things that we connect in with the Idaho Vintage um, Market through wintry market, things like that. But on a personal side, I delved into over the last couple of weeks more personally about you. And I knew that you were a huge um, people advocate, um, fat advocate. Um, I will say I'm uncomfortable with the word fat, which I'm sure is we'll talk about that a little bit, um, why it's good to be comfortable with the word. Um, right. Yes. And I and I think that stems, um, of course, because in our society, fat has a really shitty, you know, feeling about it. Um, it's negative. People use it in a very negative way. I also have a daughter, um, Reed. She's one of my twins. She's 24 now. She's in five years of eating disorder recovery. So it's always been a very conscious awareness for me, you know, not to use certain, certain words. Um, so I was texting her this morning and I was like, Hey, um, you're going to want to listen to this next episode I have coming up. I said, I'm in interviewing a friend. Um, her name's Amy Pence Brown, blah, blah, blah. And she immediately called me and she's like, you know, Amy Pence Brown. I'm like, I do. How do you know her? She's like, Oh my gosh, mom. I literally was just sharing her video that you did six years ago out in the Capitol Street Market where um, you were exposing yourself, basically. And she was sharing that with some of her clients because she's a um, counselor for um, crossover addiction and whatnot. Um, She's also an alcoholic, so she's got, you know, some good stuff behind her, and she's all about positivity as well, and she's a big admirer. She told me, tell her I said hi. So Oh, great. I I love hearing that. a lot of therapists and counselors and nutritionists and dietitians and nurses and doctors and teacher teachers and 
professors use my work in their oh, in their amazing. practices with their clients in their classrooms all the time and I uh, never get tired of hearing that so. you know I actually saw you very first on my friend Lindsay's um her Instagram um and now it's body parts um design um I love Lindsay I had her on my podcast as well so that might be a good listen if you you know want to grab one of the podcasts to listen to um she also has really helped me become aware of social justice issues. I feel like I'm a pretty aware person, but she always posts a lot of stuff and I'll look it up and I'll be like, shit, man, I did not even, I didn't know that. I wasn't aware of that. So she's helped me a lot too. But you, what I loved about your Instagram, because we you know we put those things like just our name or, you know, we love animals or whatever, but your descriptions for yourself, if I can read them, are, and this is at um, Idaho underscore Amy. Correct. And is that your personal one? But you, a lot of people follow you there. So it's not like your personal personal, right? It's like it's open for everyone to follow. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Your descriptions are radical Idahoan, which I love, a fat activist, mama bear, rebel artist, real life Hilda pinup, which is amazing, and a bold with a, is that right? Black bikini. And the black bikini is what you were wearing when you were doing the Capitol Street Market sort of experiment. I watched that. I got to say I watched that three times. Okay, twice I cried while I watched it. The third time I had to, like, choke back my tears because I feel like I wanted to cry again because it was so powerful. I don't know how you I, – I honestly do not know how you did that. Uh, it is really powerful. I still cry, and I've probably oh, seen it thousands of times. I'm sure. at this point. <laughs> I show it a lot. You should when I show do that a lot. Speak, when I speak, yeah. too, in classrooms or at conferences or um, whatever. So, and every time I get teared up, every time the audience cries, um, yeah. and I hear that a lot. So that's an, a normal reaction. And, and that day, um, I cried. And, and I had a feeling I would probably cry that day. Yeah. <laughs> Of but I also didn't know how it was going to turn out. It could have been right. crying from frustration or sadness exactly. or like anger anxious. or fear. Yeah. Um, but it was really tears of just like compassion and joy and positivity. It was amazing. And yeah. it, it really shows in the video. It does. Um, which I wasn't sure would happen. You know, sometimes right. that translation from real life sort of events like that into film doesn't always work. Right. But it did. <clears throat> Wow. It worked really well. And um, it was terrifying. So I still oh my goodness. watch that and think back about how terrifying that was. But I have since become braver and done a lot more scary things, I think. Do you still um, find that you do have anxiousness and anxiety and maybe sometimes start to feel lack of bravery? Do you go back to that at all and go like, hey, this is, you know, this helped my bravery? Um, oh, it definitely did. It definitely uh, pushed me outside of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I always know that that's when something good yeah. is about to come for me. I always, um, if I'm afraid of it, <clears throat> then that usually means it's powerful and important. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, there's a number of ways you can think about, about that. And a number of oh, ways yeah. that I analyze my own fear of things, right? Right. But... Um, if it's something that I think is powerful and important, but I'm also scared, then it's usually a good sign. And that was one of those things. And since then, I've done a number of other scary things. And that, in fact, pushed yeah. me out of um, that day itself was scary. But then the aftermath of it going unintentionally viral around the world, which of is probably course. how your daughter saw me. I have lots and lots of fans and followers from all over the world. And I've since done other projects that have Gained a lot of international fame, like the Hilda. Right, the Hilda. Um, you've also been a keynote speaker right. at ISU, which that's huge. And I think that, you know, they felt your words and what you radiate would be something very positive to speak about. Yeah, I definitely, that event and the fact that the video went so viral and I got tons of press and people seemed to like, I was handed this microphone, basically. Right. yeah. Like this one today, right. too. And, um... <laughs> They liked what I had to say about bodies and feminism and yes. and, um, and social justice and, and all of these things. And they keep handing me a microphone, and I'm always so honored and grateful. No, I think that um, 
you have a, you have some very powerful words and you've been gifted something that has allowed you to, you know, share all of that. And I think it it's good because there's a lot of us, and myself included, that, I mean, I think I'm a pretty outspoken person, but there are some things that I'm very anxious about getting engaged in conversation about. Sometimes it's race. Um, I'm brown, so sometimes, you know, I don't know how aggressive I need to be with that or, you know, a pullback or whatever. So there are some things that I still am working on and, you know, I probably will continue to work on all these things. I think that working on ourselves continually, it never, it should never stop, right? Exactly. We should never stop trying to be better. So one of the things I, I noticed, though, is that I know that you are a, um, you're a feminist, but you didn't list that on, on that. Do you feel that that is something you, you, you left off intentionally and you just are more vocal about being a feminist? Oh, on my word? Instagram bio. Yeah. No, it's just because they limit the number of characters. Okay, good. So I, <laughs> I always have to okay. be like... Which are more important, maybe? Yes. Right. Well, I don't know. It's been that for a long time. <laughs> right. Um, I... You can't. Only, you can only write a certain number okay, of things, and I'm super you. verbose in general sure. as a writer and a yes. speaker. So it's really hard for me to condense things. You know, right. Like part of the reason I hated Twitter for so long is the 140 characters are really hard for me to. Con- right. You know, are you a big Twitter person? <laughs> no, I hate Twitter. Oh gosh, I don't think I've ever. Um, done. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I have a but Twitter, I'm but not no. a fan. <laughs> Even Instagram, my captions they limit the yeah. the length of captions, and I'm such a uh, a lot of my um, work is so written that right. I have to condense that a lot. So. Um, I'm a blogger and a longer yes. forum writer. So no, the only reason right. it, it is in my other bio and all of my other bios, um, typically say the first thing is, you know, Amy Pence Brown is a fat feminist mother, okay. um, who, um, likes to open her mouth and her heart. So that is yeah. definitely the first thing I say. Also my, um, Camps. I run camps and classes for girls and women and yes, teens. Yes, the Rad and, Camp. Yeah, Rad Camp. And the full, you know, full name is Rad Camp, a body positive boot camp for feminists or a body positive boot camp for feminist teens. So I'm really vocal. I actually write about it a lot. Um, but the word just didn't fit lengthwise on, okay. my, on my bio. <laughs> Do you attend each of the camps yourself personally? Yes. Are you there yeah, I for run all of them? them. Yeah. You run them. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So I did look at. Um, Excuse me. I looked at the Rad Camp for Women, and I I saw you know the pictures of, of the different women that were there, but then I looked at the one for um, the teens. There was a variation of body size mm-hmm. that was more that stood out more to me. <clears throat> so let's talk about Rad Camp for teens just really quick. I mean, there's so much I want to touch on with you about because, but I think that this is I wanted to get this out. I think more prevalent because I think um, a lot of people have body image issues for sure. I, I do. I, you know, I'm not a hundred percent comfortable. I try to be right, but I always like nitpick something. I don't know, whatever. Anyways, another, that's, a, I don't even have a therapist, but I should probably get one. Anyway, let's talk about rad camp for the teens. I noticed that there were girls to me when I looked in the pictures that seemed okay. So are they there because they do have a body image issue or is rad camp for overweight girls or is it open for anyone who feels body image issues? It's open to anyone. anyone. And the adult camp is the same. Okay. Um, and I run the Boise rad fat collective, which okay. is a Facebook group and an in real life group. And it's also the same. It's open to all sizes and genders and um, sexual orientations. And that's um, awesome. Skin color. I mean, like it's yeah. it's completely open, and all of and my fans and followers uh-huh. are of all of those. Okay, um, so it's not focused different. on weight per se. It's no, but my work has a, like initially um, for me mm-hmm. as a fat person, chi- a, like chubby child that grew mm-hmm. up to be like a curvy teenager and a fat woman that. Um, was a big part of it for me. Okay. That, so that's a big part of my journey and right. my work. Um, there's a whole long history in, in um, fat activism as a social justice issue. And, and it right. started as fat acceptance and then it's become sort of body positivity over time. Sure. That's a newer term. I didn't identify with that or originally it wasn't called body positivity. It was called no. fat acceptance and then okay. body positivity is fairly new, which is great because 
it reaches more people, but it's also mm-hmm. a little more watered down. Correct. So when I started the Boise Rad Fat Collective, Rad is short for radical, um, eight years ago now, it's been. Wow. Um, it started as a fat activist group. Okay. But my work and words speak to lots of people. Okay. So Rad Camp for teens and adults um, and all of our events, there's always a mix of, of body shapes and sure. sizes. Um, and I think that it definitely, we talk a lot about um, not just body size, but again, our like sexual orientation, especially with the teens, that's a really mm-hmm. big deal. Um, at that age, their sexual, okay. I- you know, right. their identity, their gender identity. Um, also, feminism is a really important part of it. And yeah. I often have made this claim for years to much unpopular opinion. It's becoming more popular again now to identify as a feminist but for a long time it was something that people didn't like people were didn't like to identify as especially women didn't like to identify as feminists right fairly recently you know it's a fair, been a fair, fairly recent turn um to be that it's cool again <laughs> right. to be a feminist yeah but it wasn't and there was a long time that I identified as a feminist where it was not cool or right. accepted as that um, people thought we didn't need it anymore. People thought that still, I mean, there's still some people that think that feminism means you're radical and you hate right. men and you, yeah, no. you know, burn bras or, you know, right. some, some thing, which is really not just a loud mouth. True. I mean, it can yeah. be that. Yeah. It should be part of it, but it's not always the case. Right. Um, so we talk about feminism. We talk about using our voice and finding our voice. We talk about Lots of things like having a positive relationship with food and uh, finding joy and and physical activity and movement. Sure. Um, About um, how our skin color, how uh, affects is a huge part of body image and body positivity. You know, the color of our skin and how we perceive that and others perceive that greatly affects that. Yeah. So there are a lot of things that I think these girls um, get out of the camp. Um, and wow. we talk about all of these things. And, and how long is the camp? Is it a three-day, five-day, seven days? That I didn't, like, delve into. How the long is it? Brad camp for teens um, typically takes place over a weekend, like a oh, Saturday okay. and a Sunday. Oh, we nice. don't stay overnight yet, even though they always want to. Okay. There's a lot of yeah. So they go they and they go home. Uh-huh, and then they come back for two days. So we spend two days. And then the Rad camp for women, adults, is only. And they're both very limited attendance. So I think I limit it to 12 Yeah, it looks very small. 12 women on That's purpose. That's intimate. Yeah. Yeah. And the t- adult one, we rent a cabin in the mountains. Okay. We go for a whole weekend. And right. then I also have a, cl- a workshop for younger girls that I just started in 2020 called oh my B- gosh. B Rad, B U, a body oh. image workshop for girls, ages 10 to 12. And the Boise Public Lib- Library partner, they partner with me on a lot of things and they bring me in a lot to speak. And um, they, we had it there. And wow. I was able to allow 20 girls to come to that. I had some assistants okay. come and help. And that's only two hours. The younger girls, you know, their attention is a little yeah. less. So. Gosh, I feel like for some of these topics, they they can be light, but they can also get kind of heavy. I feel like two hours seems so short. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, younger girls, you know, they're, this is fun. Okay. Right. You know, and they want to maybe bop off to something else. But, wow, two hours. It's a lot of topic to cover. Yeah. And we... It's much lighter with younger kids. It's harder to, and I speak to kids like just this last week, I talked to like preschoolers about body image. So preschoolers? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I got invited to a YMCA summer camp to teach about um, health at every size and body um, positivity and body image. And it was actually preschool through like, like ages four through 12. So I divided them up into two groups because while the subject matter's the same, Mm -hmm. but the the way I delivery. T- delivery is a little different. So we make a lot of art. Um, that's okay. another art. Um, it's an important part of my activism, and it's something I like to bring to these kids as well. Um, so they're a lot of fun. And I always give them books. Um, they always get books to take home. They almost all get to attend. I think they've all got to attend over the years free of charge because I do a lot of fundraising through my Reviving Hilda calendars right. to pay for them. Yes. I get grants. Um some a few small grants, and I have lots of fans and followers that donate to make it possible for these. Oh my girls, gosh! So. Well, yeah, that's amazing. I did not even realize that they were at no cost, which is you do a lot in this community, though. I've I have a mutual friend, uh, Will Heater, um, who I adore. Um, both of our 
the one twin Reed that I was speaking of and her twin sister, Reagan, um, openly came out as gay. Um, gosh, I want to say now it's been four or five years, a little bit of a shock to us. They were like 18. Um, and I've had to do a lot of growth in that. Um, while I've always been an advocate for gay rights, I mean, you know, and, and I've had gay friends, having two in my family, you know, made it a little more at my door. But Will, actually specifically, watching him, you know, as a person, he's helped me a lot with that. So I reached out to him, and I'm like, I think you know Amy Pence Brown, right? And he's like, I do. Like, what's up? And I'm like, oh, she's going to be on my podcast, and... He had a slew of amazing things to say about you. The first thing was you're extremely badass and that it would probably be a very good podcast. So he helped me a little bit with some stuff I had already known and, you know, found out on my own. But um, he's a wonderful individual. And he did say that you were a tremendous community advocate. So talk a little bit to me about specifically what's one of the your passionate things that you do in the community. I know we talked that you like history historian so I don't know if that plays into any of that or what other what advocacies do you do for this community that are most important to you well definitely we've talked a little bit yes. about the body image activism I do right. lots of um, public speaking and events okay um, almost all of my work as activism is is, is um, voluntary right like I'm not yeah. it's unpaid um, right it's, it's a labor of love um, and that's true for a lot of things that I do but I do a lot of body image activism and speaking um, and the Rad Fat Collective yeah. and the events with the Rad Fat Collective that we do at least monthly, at least pre-COVID. Right. We're starting to hopefully get back okay, into good. them. We do monthly body positive events here in town um, that I organize in addition to Rad Camp. We have a uh, Radical Reads book club once a month. Oh. We have a plus size clothing swap. Wow. We have um, Chunky Dunks, which are swimming, we call. That's our our name for um, a body positive okay. pool party usually oh, at the hot okay. springs and often in idaho city at the okay. hot springs or at a pool we have um we get together to watch film body positive films and tv show premieres and we do education events all sorts of stuff so that's a really big important part of my work i also um own and operate one of the very first little free libraries in Boise. I think it's celebrating its 10th birthday. What? Yeah, this oh my year. Gosh. It was the very first in the Vista neighborhood. Um, and it's right en route to our little Title I elementary school down the street. Oh, my and goodness. It, it gets a lot of attention. It's a pink doghouse that we bought off Craigslist okay. like a decade ago. Oh, my gosh. And fixed up. And it's um, beloved in our neighborhood. And speaking of that, when we moved to Boise... 16 years ago, we bought a house um, in the Vista neighborhood right by Hawthorne Elementary School. Mm -hmm. Intentionally, as sort of a low, we wanted to be, it was important to us to be in a low-income neighborhood that was close to downtown and, right. and, part of, and really in the heart of the city um, that we could afford as well <clears throat> and um, make a difference in that community. And so oh my gosh. immediately, I mean, we put up the Little Free Library. It's important to us that our kids all go to our public schools here. Yeah. We're big advocates of mm -hmm. public school. Um, and I've been on the PTO for a lot of years at our elementary school. But I also, eight years ago, um, started our the first school garden at our elementary school, a veggie garden, and I became the school garden coordinator and we, I wrote, I've written a ton of grants for this space, and we have, we originally had eight raised veggie beds, and then expanded to a half acre oh Idaho native plants. Yeah, wow. yeah, uh, Idaho native plants um, outdoor classroom and teaching garden, and that's okay. a huge um, sustainable native plants landscape that um, I continue to manage. So. I do wow. lots of um, weeding and lots I of bet. tours, <laughs> tours, and I have um, helped a lot of other teachers and schools start their okay, own. Okay, that was my next yeah, question. Gardens, yeah. and I'm speaking. I speak all the time to garden groups and um, at on um, at other do lots of interviews and other things about this garden. Holy cowboy! And we're getting ready to the Boise School District Sustainability Summit is at Hawthorne because of okay. our school garden. So I'm going to give a tour to the. Educators. Because I live, my husband and I live, um, my shop is on Broadway Avenue, and our home that we bought is on the corner of Broadway and Targi, so very close. Um, so I see Garfield Elementary, and I see their little garden. Did you, were you able to go there and talk yes, to them? Yes, I too? actually advised them on oh that my project. Gosh. Yeah, I like to see that ago. garden flourish a little bit more. Yeah. I think maybe a little more attention should 
be directed there. Yeah, school gardens are tr- are hard. Yeah, mostly because for our sure. growing season is in the summer here. Yep, definitely. And there's nobody there usually, so yeah. it falls upon like the parents or the neighbors to come right. for it. Um, but I've enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a, another way. I also, as um, you mentioned briefly, work for Preservation Idaho. Yes. I'm an architectural historian, um, and I do lots of um, research on Idaho history and Boise history. I give historic walking tours, and I yeah. speak often um, to a variety of, of groups about history. If someone wanted you to personally give them a walking tour, how do they do that? I, Preservation Idaho has this great um, tour program called Walk About Boise, where it's a downtown historic walking tour that we give every Saturday, okay. May through November, I think. I'm not always the tour guide, but um, sometimes I am. Okay. And there are other amazing tour guides they give it to, and it's every Saturday at 10 a.m. Oh, it's nice. on Preservation Idaho's website. So okay, buy good. Tickets. But I do give private tours okay. often, too. I'm solicited for that. And sure. I give tours not just of downtown, of lots of different things. Right. And if um, you have to have, like, I think five or more people. But okay. Preservation Idaho will organize that for me as well. Well, that's great. Because I'm sure people would love to have you be the one to give yeah. them, you know. Because they'll talk about talk to you about other little things, too, I'm sure. Right. During the little walkabout. Well, that's wonderful. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. So I was also... I, I read, I think it was your most recent post, that it was a picture of you and your husband. It was an anniversary, and you talked about the pinworm thing, which um, was funny. Yes. But I get that. You find that one thing with your partner that you know, like, this is it. Right. This person's looking in the toilet. They're looking at my stuff. Mm-hmm. If he's willing to do that, he's willing to probably walk with me through my life. So you were... Your background is in, is it in science or what is your back? What, what was your degree in? I have. Because you were going to go work at the Omni. You're waiting for a job at the Omni or something, Oh, at right? OMSI, yes. OMSI. I, I have a, OMSI, yeah. um, a lot of degrees. Okay. <laughs> I have um, American history. I have bachelor's degrees in American history and public relations. And okay. And a master's degree in art and architectural history. Okay, so art. Oh, right. Art. Um, and I started my career after my undergraduate and my graduate school Um uh, in museums. So I did oh a lot my of museum gosh. work. Okay, and I good. moved here for the associate curator position at the Boise Art Museum wow. years ago. Yeah. That always sounds so impressive to me, like an art curator. That's got to have a lot of knowledge for that. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. And it definitely um, helped me, helped pave the way for Idaho Vintage Market and sure. Winter Market and Summer yeah. Market, yeah. Um, which I guess is another big sort of advocacy thing that uh, that I do it for is. the community as well. No, totally. <laughs> yeah, and um, I just want to keep us on task with time because I want to touch on all that stuff. So, yeah, you, um, along with your friend, and I'm... Kristen, Kristen Montgomery, yes. Um, started Summary Market, and then you had that for a couple of years and then introduced Wintery Market? We actually How did started it go? with Wintery Market. Oh, Wintery yeah. first, okay. And it's been um, 10 years ago. We're about to celebrate our 10th. This year will be our 10th wintry market. It was okay. supposed to be last year, but right. COVID shut it down. Yeah. Um, our 10th um, annual, we it's crazy. had, I had just um, fairly recently left the position at the Boise Art Museum. The okay. recession hit after right. about three years after I moved here, and they eliminated my position. Oh. Um, so that freed me up to do a lot of other creative sure. art stuff in this community as yeah. well and sort of boosted my activism in a lot of ways. Good. Um, and one of those was Kristen, who's an interior designer yes. um, here in town too. And an old friend of mine contacted me and we both started to had brunch and started talking about how there was no, at the time there was this burgeoning indie art Correct. and craft scene. There yes. were all these people that we knew, artists, who were not necessarily fine artists, but were sort of crafters, but were making yeah. amazing things at their kitchen tables and in their yes. garages and after their kids went to bed at night and how there was no sort of indie holiday bazaar, mm-hmm. basically. There were a lot of great, like... Church bazaars. Yes, and church bazaars and school, school bazaars, yeah. yeah. And at the senior center, which we love. Correct. But they weren't like the indie right. know, makers. Correct. And making sort of funkier things. And so we did a lot of research. Then there were some of those popping up around the country in other cities. Right. Just not Boise. So we did lots of research and decided we would try it. We called it Wintry Market. 2011 was our first year. 
with about 30-something makers right. at, um, in the auditorium at Ballet Idaho. They donated the space. Oh and it was gosh, great. And then it wow. just grew and grew and grew from it's, there. Yeah. And big. then we started Summary Market after, oh gosh, I want to say five years ago or so. Yeah. So we've been doing Wintry Market for about five years. And we okay. had a lot of requests because it was so popular to do another market at another time of year. So right. we call Summary Wintry Market is handmade for the holidays, and Summer Correct. Market is the, like, handmade for the sunny days, little sister. Do you try event. to look for different vendors, or a lot of them are the same, just marketing their stuff for the, you know, for the season, if you will. Do you try to change it up and reach out to maybe more eclectic at a certain time? Yes, and we actually, from the beginning... Um, made a commitment to have 30% new vendors nice. every show. That's great. Um, so every show we have new makers with some sort of more advanced makers. A lot right. of our makers have launched their careers at our oh, markets. Yeah. I mean, they've gotten exposure. They've gotten wholesale accounts at places oh, gosh, know, yeah. like Albertsons and um, West Elm. And I mean, like big Oh, no. I mean, yeah. I know I can think <laughs> of like five that are... Actually, dear friends, my Bridget Nelson, yeah. um, you know Lisa Guerrero from Studio G, um, Lindsay. Right. You know, I mean, there's so many of them have really just bounced off that. Like you guys offered them a, a venue where they could share their their wares, and they've gone crazy. Yeah, they've made a lot of great connections. They with have other totally from other places. Yes, um, a lot of attention we've gotten from around the west and, oh and national goodness. press and it's been great for them we also yeah. don't take any commission that's a big thing for us from the beginning 100 percent of the proceeds go back to the artists um i mean they pay a booth fee for admission well yeah we you have take, to yeah. because jump i mean or yeah. wherever you're having it yes, i'm sure the has venues a fee. are really expensive for sure <laughs> <laughs> um, they we don't take any commission off their sales yeah, so they exactly. make that themselves so we do try to pick, um, we are committed to picking at least 30%. Often it's more than that right? Um, for our shows. And then we started Idaho Vintage Market. We added that yeah. to the family two years two ago. Two years ago. Um, and that's coming up again this year in September. At September. The and that's, is that the 16th, 17th, 18th? Or it's what is it? 17th, 17th and 18th, 18th at okay. Expo Idaho. Okay, yeah. We'll be, in, we'll be in Salt Lake City for our daughter's, like, their wedding. They eloped last year so it's a wedding thing um i'm sad that i can't at least go in attendance and support a lot of you know my friends that do vintage um what made you guys decide to do that outside of the makers so we have been our true love is one of our true loves is vintage we're both vintage we're both junkers and collectors and thrifters and have been our whole lives. Yes. Um, Chris and I both make our makers as well. And mm -hmm. we used to sell in Wintry Market okay. in the early days before it became so big and so time intensive that right. you can't run a show. Can't do that. At the <laughs> <Yeah>. same time. <laughs> but um, we would, I, we would often, I had a, uh, a vintage booth. Okay. So sometimes we have makers who, a lot of our makers are really, you know, repurpose things and, Very and, much, and yeah. use recycled objects and, and, or will combine sort of art and, th and thrifted items mm -hmm. together. So we often have a few vintage people in all of, in both summary market and wintry market, but, um, saw that we could have just like more of a vintage specific show and it's sort of our true love yeah. in general. Um, and we had some requests for that too. So we thought we would Why not? give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why not have uh, two wonderful people who actually live here in the community have that market? We have a lot of great vintage shows that come to Boise. And, you know, the vintage community, you know, goes there. But I, I do love that, you know, you're from here and you're curating that kind of really great show. How many vendors do you guys have signed up already? We have space... We typically, that shows one of our small, Wintry's the biggest show, and we yeah, have the biggest venue for that. We have like 90 makers in that show. Um, and sometimes summary, depending on the venue, can be about that too. It's a little bit less. Um, for the expo space, it's a little bit smaller, so we are expecting about 50. Okay. We do have a little, we're still accepting applications too. So okay, yeah. Out there, because we have a little bit sp of space to move or to mess with there. Inside? Or out, it's going to be outside, right? Yeah, gonna That's going to be fun. Year, yeah. I love out, outdoor markets. I think a little bit better for me than indoor ones. Um, it has a great market feel. Yeah. You know, very open. People feel, well, especially right now, too, smart. Mm -hmm. 
people will feel very comfortable. Right. You know, yeah, being outside. Why. Yeah. That was a big impetus for that is, yes. is COVID restrictions and safety and having more space and air around people. And for vintage, it is. It's more yeah. fun. People often have big, funky pieces totally. like you, you know, yeah. that are easier to move around and oh, yeah. see outside. The lighting, the natural yes. lighting is so great. So Yeah, very much so. Well, that's really exciting. I mean, gosh, I don't know. I was just telling someone how I've, my son and I have talked about doing the local shows. I think I'm going to have to give yours a whirl next year. Good. I We'd think I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah, I think if I'm going to pick one, you know, and, and – because I – I like to put my money back into like my shop because it is an expense, but I think that um, yours is extremely reasonable and I will do that next year. That's going to be, that will be my priority show next year. So I'm excited about that. I think that um, the other thing that uh, your real life Hilda pinup, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. It's very interesting. I I love it. It's beautiful. Um, But talk about how you got into that and how that helps. Um, you know, uh, I guess, fund some of your, the things that you do. Yeah. I always, um, I often use my body as a canvas for my art and my Mm -hmm. activism. I did that in the stand for self-love is what I call that event in the mark. Yeah. The public market in a black bikini and blindfold and markers. And, Mm. um, I use it a lot in, um, photographs and self portraits is an important part of my art and activism And a few years, um, gosh, it's got to be at least five to seven years ago now, um, Hilda is this plus-size pinup from the mid-century, an illustrated um, redheaded, plump, darling girl um, out of the imagination of an artist named Dwayne Breyers out of Minnesota. And she appeared on, um, was like the only sort of fat pinup girl from the mid-century. And... They often appeared on like calendars, promotional calendars for like auto body shops or butchers or um, furniture shops and things okay. like that, that. They would give to shop, you know, to clients right. um, as a gift or sometimes ashtrays, sometimes um, like from a little promotional ephemera like that. And she um, kind of. He, he stopped drawing her in the in the 70s and 80s. She went out of favor a little bit, and people had forgotten about her, and then somebody found a whole bunch of her calendars at an antique show or okay. a flea market, and um, some press was written, and she was revived. And people started, when I became sort of internationally known for my work um, as a body image activist, people started seeing thinking I looked a lot like Hilda, and okay. my photos reminded her them a lot of Hilda. She's often wearing very little clothing or a bikini and doing silly, fun, quirky things like, you know yeah, like she's like positions or something yes, yeah she's like feeding goats and oh my um, god the dog or a dog her puppy steals her bikini top or um she's reading a book on how to be a plumber and oh my um, gosh how she's cute. really cute and doing some silly and sexy things yeah and so people kept sending me her images saying you look so much like her you remind me so much of Hilda have you seen this pen up oh my gosh and I do actually uh, remarkably look a lot like her by chance <laughs> yep. and we have a very similar body no when you see them yeah yeah it's amazing and so I got this fun idea to recreate her images in a photo series so oh she's illustrated and she's imaginary yes she's not based right. on a real woman um and make them sort of subversive and a little bit feminist and, and me mm-hmm. and a little bit imperfect and incorporate vintage items I have around my house yeah. or my kids' toys make an important appearance in it often and put them side by side. And it gained a lot of popularity and a lot of attention fast. And I've wow. made 54 of these recreations of Jeez. Hilda. And it has been picked up by press all over the world. It went really internationally viral yeah. because of the media last year during like last March 2020 during the pandemic, I think people were desperate for something fun and positive sure. um, to read about and to see. So yeah. um, I, a few years into the project, people started asking for a calendar. Like, you should make a pinup calendar. Yes. Um, you should make a pinup calendar. You should sell these. And I thought, if I do, then I could use the money. That's a great idea. And yeah. I could use the money to fund my rad camp for yeah. teens and my workshop for girls. And um, I make a limited edition run every fall, and they sell out right away. Wow. And... Um, it does help fund. How many do you sell? 
I typically make only about, I think, 200 is the most that I've made. Geez, that's um, not really that many. Right. I bet you could probably sell. I know I could probably thousands. <laughs> you really good. Um, although I might but I mean, that makes it, it special but, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. 200. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, they're really, really cute. I, I looked at them and um, they're, they are spot on. They're, they're, they speak. Yeah. You know, good. when you look at them. You really do. So is there any other, um, any, gosh, you have a lot on your plate with what you already have. But I feel like somebody like you um, doesn't sit idle. What's, is there anything new that you have that you're thinking about? Oh, gosh, that that's true. I always have something um, coming up, something yeah. on my plate that I'm interested like, in. Like, oh, what about, like about. I touched on that maybe, but yeah. maybe you didn't give it enough time and. Now it's time to do that? Well, I I hope so, because COVID put a lot of things on hold mm-hmm. that I would love to come back. So I had yes. to cancel a lot of my camps and classes for 2020 that were already full oh, and already goodness. you know, sold out last year. So I'm currently working on the possibility of reviving them. Yeah, revive um, those, and for sure. In a, you know, and brainstorming about how I can do that safely, mm-hmm. how people will, you know, feel comfortable doing that how, how I will feel comfortable doing that right um and with the hopes that we don't get hit again oh with I COVID know or yeah anything like that so it's so tricky right now so I feel kind of still in a holding powder pattern okay. but also hopeful right and we're I'm working a lot on vintage market which is coming up and okay. our big 10th annual wintry market which is yes. coming up this year so that what's the date for wintry market wintry market is November um, 12th is the VIP sort of okay. opening night party, and then it's open to the public the 13th and 14th okay. of November. November, oh my at gosh. At the Boise Center on the Grove, at the convention oh. center. Oh, okay, so yeah. you left Jump. Yep. Okay. Yeah. What's the reason for, is there, what's the reason for that? Why did you, just a new new space to look at? It's bigger. And it was kind of, I say a little, it's a lot. You get yeah. a lot of people, so sometimes the people have to do the stairs. Yes. Which I yeah. had to do a few times. Yeah, it's a great venue, but yeah. um, it is, yes, we were split it's between limiting. two floors, yeah. and it was a very, very packed um, yes. the past few times. And with COVID, we're hoping this will be helpful with more space, and it also allows us a lot more vendors, um, okay. which we always need more room. Yeah, we because there's way more vendors r- than we have room for. Room. Yeah. So we have oh to reject gosh. a lot, which is unfortunate, yes. but that's how it goes, I guess. Right, I know. I'm sure that... You have, because when talking about how you want to do 30% new too, I'm sure that there are some vendors that are there that maybe wait just a little bit too long and then it's like, sorry, can't take you. Do you get returnees um, that you've had to turn away? Oh, yeah. We've definitely had to reject old um, past vendors, right. which is always hard. It is. But in order to keep that yeah. fresh and new sometimes. Um, I think that's great, though. It's tricky. And we do jury. They are curated and juried shows. Yes. So not everyone, you don't get in. Right. Apply always. And we do always, it's in our, you know, FAQ. That like yeah. Just because you've been in one show doesn't always mean you get in the no, others. And I, it's, so it's so hard. It's so hard. It'd be and endless, so, though, if you yeah. just kept going and go. I mean, it could get up to hundreds in yeah. Jeepers. I don't think you really want to be that big because you yeah. are intimate still. Yeah. Even though and you it's have just a lot. two of us. So yeah. we are literally oh just the two of us yeah. running the show with our volunteer family Holy members cow. that we forced to help. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's sort yeah. of, I have lots of speaking engagements always. Like, I yeah. always things come up where I have actually, I give keynotes at really great conferences and events on a variety of things yeah. um, related to sort of vulnerability and, and social justice and body positivity. Yes. And so I have... Um, some of that coming up and Good. I get to always teach like last week to the YMCA kids, you know, camps. And I'm just like, like shocked when you said preschool. I, I don't know. I imagine that, you know, there's, and there's, gosh, do you ever host or do you do any talks for parents, you know, that need to understand yes. about body positivity? Yeah. I always start, I talk a lot about body positive parenting as a parent myself Yeah, and my kids were actually the I often say this, that motherhood made me an activist. So mm-hmm. um, for yeah. me, that was... I would um, agree. Yeah. For me as well. Yeah. yeah. A big um, turning point. And yes. 
I because I knew that I didn't want my at the time it was my first child who was mm -hmm. uh, is a girl um, a, my daughter and she I didn't want her to grow up in the same world that I did mm -hmm. in the same problems that I had so I was like I'm going to change this I'm going to make this better for her right and then ultimately very quickly I realized I could make it better for everybody else's kids and every other parent out there right. an adult out there so I do speak and write a lot on body positive okay parenting good um, I talk a lot about it we talk a lot about it in the Boise Rad Fat Collective um, on Facebook and I do lots of speaking about it all the time Okay, I mean, good. I always give tips. I on, mean, because I think that, that's yeah. super important. Um, they, and, yeah. you know, you see a lot of, even on TV, you hear a lot about the kids are like, you just don't know how I, it was. My parents, you know, told me to diet, 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 or they called me fat or lazy and in a negative way. Right. You know, and it's so sad. Oh, yeah. It's, it's totally so ingrained. Fat phobia and diet culture oh. is so ingrained mm -hmm. in our culture. And the longer we've lived, you know, the older we are, right. the more years we've had yeah. indoctrinated into that. And the harder sometimes it can be to to relearn or to re-educate yes. ourselves about yes. that. Like the word fat that you brought up yeah. earlier. Yeah. You know, that fat has, um, in general sense, is just the definition of fat is adipose tissue or a fatty you know, right. fatty substance on bodies or on, on mammals, right? Okay. Um, and so it doesn't have any inherent negative connotation. No, by it's the just definition, a, yeah, no. the definition, but we began using it as a slur mm -hmm. or uh, something negative for so long yes. um, in a negative way, and we still have such fat phobia um, that it's often used as such. And so for me and for other people, but not everyone, reclaiming the word as a positive or at least a neutral descriptor has been powerful. Right. Um, and transformative. Lots of marginalized groups reclaim words yes. that have been used against them historically in a positive way. It's not right. for everyone. Not everyone likes, you know, can right. get past that. And that's totally fine. Um, other, you know, people will use large bodied or larger bodies as right. more, you know, neutral. Larger percent. Plus size yes. is often a, a more acceptable term to yes. um to describe body shape and size for me it's right. been pretty radical and transformative to how, how is that. it um because you know there's a lot of women girls teens um adolescents that are not if you looked at them visually they do not have the excess weight or body tissue on them but they will call themselves fat so how, how does that sit with you, who embraces the word fat as a larger person? Um, how, how, does that, how, how does that work? I think that speaks really to how prevalent fat phobia okay. is, right? In, yeah. our, in our culture and how prevalent body image issues are, right? Mm -hmm. That it totally, fat phobia affects people of all sizes, yes. right? Even thinner people who look at themselves and think, I'm fat or right. I don't... Really, what they're saying is, I feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable in my body, and I'm afraid of being fat. Okay. I'm afraid of being perceived as fat, you know, right. or, or seen as fat, or I see, you know, I think what they often mean is like I see these these things that I don't like about myself. Right. And um, people often still, even even all of us that are trying so hard to overcome that, still have this internalized fat phobia that, sure. that we struggle with all the yeah. time. Right. Like. Thinking about those things or saying those yeah. things, um, it's tricky. But there are lots of people of you know, men too, and and uh, yeah, people men of, especially, yeah, yeah. non-binary people, people um, of all genders um, who identify all ways have so many. How it's yeah. a very common um, yes uh, struggle with with that, and that's really due to how fatphobic our culture is. Wow, and, I mean, um, I for me, you know, I. I'm very, I feel very comfortable with how I am. I mean, I always feel like I could be healthier, change maybe my eating habits because I do really love hamburgers and fries. I will stop for French fries all the time. Um, what angers me is when people aren't comfortable with how I am. So I can't change the way people think. Um, I can only just tell them, continually tell them, well, that's your, um, sadly, you're uncomfortable with how I am the way I look or whatever, but I'm very comfortable and I'm okay with that. Yeah, so. I think that I often <laughs> say that that's, um, we can be activists in big and yes. small ways. I'm often an activist in big ways, but other people, mm -hmm. just living your best life yeah. and your truth and being comfortable and confident in who you are yeah. is often the best way to be an activist in, in a yeah. small way every day and make totally. a huge change. And that's something I tell parents as well, that the way you think about yourself and talk about yourself 
or even talk about other people on, even if it's like a movie star on TV or, you know, somebody else at the pool, the way, the things that you might say about somebody else's body. Yeah. Kids are listening and other people are listening, not just kids, but adults too. So it's really a great and sort of easier way to just be an activist in your everyday life. Yeah, I like that. I like that so much. Um, I feel like we could probably talk for another hour. Um, I've enjoyed your discussion, um, your words today so much. I hope that um, it's not just this podcast that I get to visit with you. I hope that we can have lunch one time, um, share another coffee, whatever it is. But I definitely think that um, your advocacy in this community is tremendous. And Will's not the first person. And Reed, she lives in Rochester, New York. And so you are everywhere. And I definitely think, Amy, that you curate Boise. And that's really why I wanted you on here. Because I think that your presence in this community is tremendous. And I think everyone needs to go. Just Google Amy Pence Brown. You will find her website. You will find all the information about her rad camp. Her blogs are on there. Everything that she does is on there. And you need to get to know this woman. If not personally, um, you know, her, her, just know her words. And I think that you will add something of value to your life. So, Amy, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. Oh, yeah. Wait, one last thing. I know that we're short on time, but is there anything, because I, I have it listed here, something that you want the listeners to know about you that they can't read on paper? Um, you will... If you follow me, mm-hmm. um, you will be uncomfortable. Um, yeah, okay, I will push I like you outside of your comfort zone. I will make you think and um, be angry and be confused and be laugh and be sort of frustrated and scared. Um, and I may not be for everyone. Right. But if you have those feelings, I suggest you sit with them for a while and think about know why you think that oh, think about sure. your your ideas about bodies or sexuality or um gosh motherhood or fat right. or um anything like that and hang in there because i think that i will change your life for the better oh i love that i think that's a great way to end this thanks again and everyone you'll catch this episode um on wednesday so i'm stoked thank you so much again amy thank you all right Thanks everyone for tuning in. Hope you guys like what you heard. If you want to listen to more episodes, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. To see how I'm doing my part in curating Boise, check out my Instagrams at Savory N, that's the letter N, Sweet Inc, and at Salvage Sisters and Son. Tune in next week. Peace. Mm-hmm.